So this is like additional tuition, if you like, <laughs> additional classes that will help us to advance. Now, some people have asked this TAS, what does it do? And yes, people still very excited here. We're in a kind of carnival mode. So anyway, just take your seat and, you know. So what we do here, of course, is uh, we have extra session just to help tribe, you know, tribe basically all those who are in this new move of God, all those who are moving together. And as you can see from the title, this is already part nine. We had uh, eight sessions previously, 2019, 2020. And the focus of this school, basically, we will have different teachers who will give different impartation, different experience, just so that we are able to advance into a new season of contention, okay? So today is going to be short, just an introduction, just an overview of what we want to do. And hopefully, you know, if it's helpful, then you want to continue to come and maybe we will even have some uh, practicality. Because earlier on, we, we did this many, uh, a few years ago, it's mainly for prayer work, for us to, to go to different places, do assignment, to prepare. So a lot of spiritual warfare stuff, but we also touch on micro church. We also touch on um, the, the pastoral side, fellowship, and how we can advance together. So I already mentioned the last tribe advancement school was around March 2020. You know the date, right? March 2020, just before the whole explosion of the pandemic. And since then, we are able to, to have online. I, I believe the last TAS, we don't even have online kind of thing. Uh, people just just join. We don't even have recording because it was uh, so long ago. But we started off this school way back in 2019 as a way to prepare and strengthen. So we are focusing on tribe members. But even if you are not tribe members, you are visiting, we do encourage you to come because you will begin to, to, to learn what we do here. And maybe this is a place that you really want to be in to grow and, and we really welcome you. So back then, we were doing this as a training for, for the many prayer walk assignment they were doing. We're going to Putrajaya, we're going to different places. Even recently, Sarawak election, all the cities in Sarawak, they were doing that. It's very important that we maintain that presence of God, that we are ushering the kingdom of God in ways that will cause the kingdom to advance. You see, the last general election, of course, May 2018, and, and that time, we already said that, look, this is going to be a long journey. And, and so many people, including believers, are like, they are like in la-la land. They felt like the, the tide has changed. But many of us, we already understood that if we don't maintain the victory, remember we're talking about, about Joshua, right? 40 years, they won, but they couldn't maintain. That's why Israel went into cycle. And so for, for Malaysia, it was so quick. The, the unraveling was so quick. And the warning was there, and people became uh, disappointed. So the process of taking ground, it just began. And now, even though people felt like we are at the worst off place, I believe in this pay decade, the Lord is going to cause kingdom advancement to happen once again. So that is what we're doing. We're stepping into the decade of pay, and so far, I mean, unless your eyes have been totally shut or you have been living in caves or you're living in moon, you should see that the warfare in this generation is going to be so much more fierce. And it's going to require different kind of thinking. So later we'll show you some of the topics that we plan to do. Now, by the way, the topic that was in the introductions, in the promo, we're not doing it today, okay? Because some people are like, oh, are you, are you going to talk about uh, 
George Patton today. Oh, no, I'm not talking about it. I haven't even researched the whole teaching. So it's like, but it's just something the Lord downloaded into me and I felt like we need to teach that for the mindset of war. So that will come in days ahead. So today is just pure introduction. So why are we having this training, okay? So the immediate objective, I already say, is really from now, the three months leading to Passover, we want to help everyone to be able to advance. So now, of course, we have all our normal teaching, right? We have our, uh, our usual service, we have additional training, we have the fees, all those things are good, but this is just additional class. Now, this is the year of building the foundation for the house of the Lord. So, so many of us are facing foundational issues and in order to overcome, nothing is more crucial than crossing over. So, that's the whole thing about Passover. Are we able to go through what we're supposed to go through or are we going to be like Moses' generation? Do we risk going back to wilderness? So, that's one of the prophetic words for Malaysia actually after the election is that if we are not careful, we are reverting back into wilderness. So, some people are feeling that but for me, I feel like it's a constant spiritual battle. It's something that we, as a body of Christ, we have to push back. It's something that intercessors have to begin to rise up, go in the spirit and say, we will not allow the nation, whatever nations that we are watching right now, we will not allow those nations to become gold nations in this season. So that's very important. And many places are feeling it. And, you know, even right now, you know, just now there were some prophetic words on Australia. We're seeing the goat versus sheep kind of battle in Australia, even in the form of Australian Open. It's very interesting how the Lord will use different things to highlight the conditions of the authority. And same for Malaysia. We look at the flooding. We look at the election. All those are reflection of what's happening and how the people of God can rise up. So we're playing 11 sessions, including today. Now, by the way, 11 doesn't mean 11 times, okay? So don't, don't worry. Each time, the next time we'll have two slots, and you will hear different people. In fact, I'll, I'll only maybe speak 20% of the time. I, I want to just allow the different gifting and anointing to come to bless the entire tribe. So every time it will be two to four, roughly around that uh, one hour each, and we give a bit of Q&A session. And the objective, again, we say, to help us to advance into Passover 5782. So it's a personal advancement, but there is also the corporate expression. We have to move together as tribe. Because we are from different places, right? So some are joining online and some, you know, we're just having different kind of life, different kind of portion, different kind of field and garden, different gifts, different passion. Now, by the way, it's okay to have different passion. It's okay to look at your friends and they're like so excited about a particular area and you're like, meh. And it's okay, it's okay. You know, for me, I'm very interested in the governmental aspect, but other aspects, you know, maybe not so interested, but it's okay. But at some point, we begin to ask the Lord, what is the connection? What is the participation that you want me to be in? Because we don't want to be in a place we're not supposed to be. So it's very, very important. And that's one of the objectives for this uh, training. Okay, so some of the past topics we have talked about, you know, we, we talk about the DNA, apostolic protocol, territorial warfare. So these are the, the topics we have done in the last eight sessions. We talk about spiritual warfare in season of Cyrus. Very interesting because Cyrus is not body of Christ. But he was nevertheless anointed. 
So it's very interesting, right, that the Lord can anoint circular person to cause a change in our nation. Then, of course, we talk about strategic prayer assignment because that's one of the purpose of the training to help us to go into prayer work. I, I do hope we will start to have prayer work all across the city. Uh, that's what Apostle Michelle was saying that, that, that you know, she's going to organize training for all the cities. And each city will, is going to have to maintain your own atmosphere, your, to engage in your own uh, battle. I remember the, the two teaching on communism and socialism. Very interesting insight. And I think after the last two years, we can see that this is even more critical right now. We have to understand what it is all about. Why, when we take choices away from people, it is not the way of the kingdom. Because God never created robot. God created free moral agent. He requires a decision. And it's very interesting. I was just, um, I was just reading the, the history of uh, you know, the, the world in the Lord of the Ring, right? Middle Earth. Actually, Middle Earth is just a continent. And, and because Tolkien wrote the whole book like history, and very interesting that when he, he created all, so there was a god like, in the universe, and they created all the different races, the elf, the human, and he said, the creator loved humans the most, so he gave them short life, so they do not have to toy on earth. That's why they don't have immortality. And because of that, they have the most free will. Very interesting, right? That we have the most free will, but because of that, often there is a case of we are most easily corrupted. So that's why in this season of fighting the red dragon, we are seeing that so many people just comply, comply, comply. And we have to ask the Lord, are we supposed to comply? I remember the teaching on the final quest. I think Andrea did that. Very interesting. Final quest was a book by Rick Joyner talking about the end time battle. I highly recommend you all get the book. Very encouraging because despite what we are facing, the final quest, the vision Rick Joyner received, in the end, we win. In the end, we win. So, so that's, that's something we need to have at the back of the mind, knowing that the journey can be tough, but all the resources, all the things that God is making it available. So these are the things we have done before. We may revisit some of these topics if they become relevant and time permits, permits. The key objective is to give us the momentum to express ourselves fully in the year 5782, especially because, you know, when we cross over, there is still six more months. So that is where you start to reap the fruits. That is where you start to advance. So normally the first three months and then three months later after Passover is the most productive period for a person because you prepare six months and then you reap the fruit six months. So that's why it's so important for us to prepare. We still have two more months to go. So some of the topics for this, uh, this season, okay, we already said 11 months. So you see some in the in your uh, invitation, okay, so we're not talking about it today. Sheep versus goat nations, we talk about that already, but it's very important. And I think one of the most important questions in this time will be what, e what is a nation even? And I think people are starting to have discussion, understanding, and, and this is one of the areas where I believe the Lord will give us more revelation and understanding, that we do not want to confine ourselves to a particular understanding. So it is so easy to limit ourselves because... The definition of nation is not based on history alone. It's based on uh, what the Lord is continually doing. We talk about, we're going to talk about revival and reformation. And that is going to be a marriage for pay decade. Now, when we first started to do the apostolic prophetic, 
the focus really has been on Reformation. Why? Because revival has been around for at least 300, 400 years, and it did shift uh, nations, but it, it didn't have an everlasting kind of uh, impact. So, so we, we focus a lot on Reformation, but of course, one of the major prophetic words, and even the last few years, I started to feel the same also, that without the revival edge, without the, the evangelistic edge, without the signs and wonder, you can't even begin to have Reformation. So both has to come to a marriage in this pay decade. Now, some of you are more revivalists. Some of you are more reformer. It's okay. You should find the, the, the differences and, and begin to work together. So it's going to be a marriage for this decade. Then when we talk about revival, and even this morning in our service, we talk about uh, the, the seed, the well of revival. That, that has been a prophetic word that has been going out for a while already. And do you know that in, in Malaysia, in, in East Malaysia, the whole of these regions, the only recorded revival, the only revival accepted by revivalists is the burial revival. So it's very interesting because we have been focusing on reformation and, and we don't want to dwell on the past because a lot of time you, you speak to people who are involved with this revival. You know, what would they, what would they be saying? Oh, the good old time. So it's sort of they are transplanted, transported back to the past and they just kind of yearn for the past. We, we don't want that kind of thing. But at the same time, there is a well of revival that deserves to be dig out again. So one of the topics we want to do is burial, redigging the well of revival in our land because that is the, the most recognizable well and I really believe there are certain structure, there are certain anointing, there are certain oil that the Lord is going to release that will cause us to forge forward in terms of revival and reformation. They want to talk about the mindset of warfare, and I, I talked a little bit about that on starting the year off, right? But one of the military general, and, and that's really when I was watching documentary, the Lord just sort of put it in my spirit that we need to do a case study on General George S. Patton. And he was such a fear general but he was suspended because he slapped one of his uh, soldiers and, and uh, sent him back to US. And the German military command was like, are the Americans crazy? Because they estimated by taking off Patton, American soldiers, 30,000 more die unnecessarily. That is the cost when you took out your best commander. So why Patton, Patton is not politically correct? He doesn't care what people say. One time he was crossing the road and there was a farmer with an with a, with a ox and very slow and he just took out his gun and killed the ox. <laughs> That's him. That's him. So it's very interesting because when you are in war, you, are not, you can't be nice. It, it, the anointing cannot be a nice anointing. And that's one of the things when you study Jesus in the gospel, and I think some of you will be shocked, but he was not a nice person. Jesus was not nice. He has all the character, the justice, the, the love of God, the care. You know, he, his passion was that none shall perish, but he was not nice in the sense, politically correct nice. In the false humility nice, which is so prevalent in our culture. You know, it's like the culture where you, the, a person doesn't like you, but they kind of have to bite their tongue and still pretend to smile at you. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? It's so prevalent in our culture, but we need the mindset of George S. Patton. Then we have uh, planned a microchurch teaching 
from micro to macro. What does it mean? We start small, but we are aiming huge. So, so it's going to be a very interesting thing because it's not just warfare, 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 and a lot of people will be like, oh, so much warfare. But all the topics, we want to encourage the tribe. How can we grow together as a tribe, as a reckoning force in this nation? Then another part of microchurch, and this is the, the evangelistic thrust. And, and so, many, so often the evangelistic thrust has been focused on the poor, the sick, right? And, and that's okay, that, that's really correct. But have you wondered, you know, some of the greatest uh, kingdom advancement is when, Jesus, when Zacchaeus decided he will, he will become a believer. And he gave a restitution. Restitution meaning you pay back what you stole four times. Can you imagine that? So, so you know, in fact, there were some prophetic words um, and, and they were saying that maybe, you know, maybe. And, and some were saying that, you know, for example, in Sarawak, we all know the, the, the white-haired king, right, who has taken so much. There was a prophetic word saying that one day he may consider restitution because, you know, God knows how much money he has taken. But restitution, meaning you, you return, you return it. Now, prophetic words, of course, we know it's not automatic. It's hanging in the balance. It's a warfare, but they're credible words. Then, of course, Paul, talk about Paul, someone who persecuted believers for years and years. All of a sudden, he had a shift and he became the single driving force into Europe, into the Gentile world. So, one of the aim for our microchurch, we want to unlock the next Zacchaeus. We want to unlock the next Paul. And, and that's why one of the, one of the very well-known prophets, um, I certainly cannot remember his name, um, he, he was prophesying you know, many years ago, talk, talking about you know, some, some really, really well-known business and political people who will come into the kingdom and, and begin to shift. Then we also have personal testimony, overcoming adversity, testimony and encouragement, especially in this uh, season of war. So these are some of the planned topics and, and we'll have, of course, more. And every session we do allow um, Q&A. We'll try to answer as much as we can. But basically, we want to encourage the tribe to go into their fullest destiny. Okay, so what is our objective? Let's just quickly recap. So we have our regular Sunday service, right? We have all the corporate training. And so basically, this is additional. So more targeted training to help our tribe. And of course, at the moment, you know, we have done a series on the, the building, the house of the Lord. I've done six parts. Maybe I'll add some more. We will see. Then in the month of Tevet, remember, we talk about the, the godly authority, watchman and intercession. This is very important for all the nations in this time. So that's another thrust that we are going. But we, we try advancing school, just more targeted. Anything that we feel like uh, the tribe members could use, they will help to encourage them, they will help them to advance. So we, we think about all the things that people need and, and then we, we plan the topics accordingly. So the teachings are designed to raise up both equippers and ministers slash few agents. So generally you have two types, like, like I mentioned in the first fruit teaching. You have the equipper, uh, equipper including the five four ministers, you know, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, pastors. Jesus himself is more of an equipper. That means he teaches them. Because he doesn't go and do the ministry so much. He, he did the ministry more as a way of setting an example. More like opening the way. So, if you, if you ask today the, the, the student of mega church, they will say, oh, 
to be a successful minister, you need to have a mega church, you need to have at least 500 members, you need to have at least 1,000 members, then Jesus would have been considered a failure. Because at the end of his ministry, what is his number? Approximately 120, maybe even less. Some maybe even run away. So the equipers are the, the five fold gift, the five ascension gift, and their role is just to equip, equip, equip. That's why Jesus, remember he said something really, really astounding, right? And he said that the least, the least among you will be greater than John the Baptist. And then he said, you all will do greater things than me. And, and I think the, the disciples at that time just couldn't really comprehend. So that's equipper. Equipper will try to uh, equip people. And our expectation is that all of you who have learned it, you will do greater things outside. Because every time you achieve something outside, it is credited to our, to our training and equipping. So, so we are not competing. That's why there's no superstar ministry. In, in this era of saints movement, we are moving into the marketplace. So for this season, particular emphasis on the development and raising of marketplace ministers. That means the, the minister will train up, their impartation has to be in the marketplace. So, so they will start to do things so when you go in there, you will look like an ordinary person. You will not announce yourself, I'm a believer, you have a big badge and you play Christian music. All right. No, that, that's the old era. We're going in, we're going to be very stealth, we're going to be very covert, but you're not going to compromise your faith at all. And if someone challenges you, 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 don't, you don't deny. You don't say, oh, actually, you know, like Peter, right? Do I know him? No. No. Remember, he, he was challenged and he just denied Jesus flat out three times. I don't know him. Disappear. So we don't do that, but we don't go and kind of announce to everyone so they will become like a bull's eyes for, for the enemy to attack. So ministers, we want to raise up ministers who add us. So again, we talk about, uh, just now, of course, we talk about priests and kings. So when you are priests and kings, it's just the terminology we use. You are able to bring out issues to God. That's what priests does. So you have the flood issue, you have the corruption issue, you have the economy issue, you have the pandemic issue. God has all the solutions. So the priests will bring out, and then the kings is the impartation from heaven that allows us to have a solution out there. So the, the Joseph, the Daniels, the, the Nehemiah, they, they really just have that authority even though they live in a much, much more restricted era than us. So respective sphere. The man of Shevet, we need to understand where is our garden. Don't be a busybody. Don't go and look at other people's plants. But just look at who have God put within your sphere of influence and go for that. So ministers can be likened to few agents and Lance Warner is the one who used the term ship ninja. Ninja ship. Because ship is what we're supposed to be. Ninja, you know ninja? By the way, those of you, if you study... Ninja, ninja actually are not warrior. Okay, you are a fan of ninja, sorry to say that. They, they are not actually good fighter. Because their strength is in their stealth. They are very, very covert. And they, you know, if you play games, you know some character, you have to hide and kind of ambush people. One, that, that's a ninja. So you are not like the warrior, you are not like the paladin, you are not like whatever class in RPG that that can sustain a lot of attack and damage. No. So ministers can be like that. I'm not saying that that is your calling, but generally speaking, going to the marketplace is better to be 
low profile first. As and when the Lord will cause your profile to go up. Then, of course, uh, in, in all this training, we also want to, to support the intercessors now. We already have a lot of training for intercessors, so that's why I didn't put them in a separate category. But all of us are some type of intercessor. And hopefully, if we, if we reach the stage, we can have some kind of field assignment. You know, what, what kind, maybe there will be some... Uh, so, so we had to start to think, you know, like for example, here in KL, even though we had done so many prayer work already, but we know the atmosphere, we know that there is so much evil worship that is still surrounding. And one of the things about spiritual warfare is this. If you look around, everything is a spiritual warfare. So we cannot afford to say we want to engage in everything. So the, the key is we have to ask God, what do you want me to do? What is my focus? We cannot be old things to old. Old person, because that will just drain us. So there is an assignment that the Lord will give to the overall tribe, the movement of kingdom advancement. But for all the different cities, those who are logging in right now, I want to encourage you that the leaders, especially, you need to begin to think what is the assignment for your particular area. And then for some of us in a different functional mountain, arts and entertainment, media, education, etc., etc., what is your assignment in those places? So, so there is a geographical assignment. There is also a functional assignment. Okay, so let's talk about kingdom for a while. And some of, some of you may have seen, we talk about kingdom can be expressed in three levels. Okay, so we call that the ladder of kingdom advancement. Some of you have seen this teaching before. So the moment we became a believer, right? So try to recall. I know some of you will be like, oh, so long ago, I can't remember. But never lose the wonder of you stepping into the faith. There is that process. Remember when you first become a believer, what do you, what do? You, do? You, you ask, oh, oh, you read the Bible, but you are like asking a lot of things for yourself, right? It's like, oh, I need this, I need this. And, and all of a sudden, you, you get it very quickly because it's all about self. So you look at this, the, the ladder, when we begin our Christian faith, the first step we focus on self. Me, myself, and I, it's okay. That's what baby believers do. And then your prayer will be like, so, so you try to, if you see how children pray, that, that will be their prayer. Uh, please give me this, 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 this. Amen. And every day is the same. You have children, if you help them to pray, that will be the prayer, right? Okay, so many of you don't have children yet, but <laughs> you, will, you will get it one day, okay? So that, that's what children do. You, you only want, um, it's okay, we focus on that. But after a while, you go to a place and they start to say, oh, you know, you want to do this, you want to join this, you know, you want to do this training. So some of you are like, here, try advancing school. Because all of a sudden, you start to realize we have a tribe. We have a church. So now, by the way, tribe, some of you will be like, oh, tribe, are we some tribal people? It's just, it's just a word that we use uh, instead of church. Why? Because church it's a German word. It has been used. Now, by the, by the way, the first time church is used is a uh, Tyndale translation. Then King James used that. So, kind of totally changed the meaning in, in, in what Jesus was saying. Because the body of Christ, the ecclesia, was supposed to be a governing authority, a parliament kind of thing. And you know, if you study the history, the legal history of UK, then you know that parliament is a very sensitive topic. Because some of you, you know Oliver Cromwell? Look, okay. Oliver Cromwell 
was someone who actually destroyed the monarchy for one generation. He executed the king. But after a while, he sort of felt bad also. Then he returned it. So anyway, to cut the long story short, the, the kings in the United Kingdom in England just had a very love-hate relationship with parliament. So can you imagine when the first English translation and Jesus said, on this rock, you will be my parliament. Oh, King James said, no, 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 no way. So find another word. So they found a German word called church, which means the house of the sheep. So all the suddens from a governing authority, we have become a mad, mad, mad kind of structure. So that's why we, we are very intentional about using the word tribe. And even if I must use the word church, I prefer ecclesia. So for a lot of people, it's okay. They, they step into this quite naturally and they're like, oh, I become an usher. Okay, sorry, we don't have an usher here. And, but all kinds of things. Or oh, join tag team. Tag team is the one that is most aggressive in recruiting people. Uh, so they're like, then you'll be like, oh, but it's like, it's very normal. You go to a place, you feel very comfortable. The next step is, what, what can I contribute? Can, can I fetch some people? Sure, sure. So this is a good progression so we are stepping out. So this is something that has been very common in denominational church. Think about all the church experience that you had. Now I tell you, I, I have a long history of church association, okay? So I'm a very churchy person for, for the longest time. Even when I was in university, um, it's just very uh, natural for me. But it's not the intent of God. God never intend for the expression to be limited in the four walls. So all of a sudden, when, when the, the new understanding comes, all of a sudden we realize there's something more than the church. Because so many places, they want you to use your gift to bless the church only. I think that's too uh, short-sighted. That's too limiting. So the third letter, which is the hardest letter, if you have seen church history presentation done by Apostle Michelle, she will always say, you, you know, from, king, from church to kingdom, the shield is like so steep. It's a 45 degree or 50 degree. You know, in KL, you hardly can find any road with 45 degree. You know? But sometimes in, in Australia, you have some places. All of a sudden, you reach a place and you cannot even reverse anymore. 45 degree up. Imagine you have a 20-year-old car with manual gear. That will really test your skill. But anyway, if... Yeah, what? So it's like, once you get into that tribe thinking, then the next one, the hardest one, and it is the, the kingdom expression. Because all of a sudden, you are not thinking about what your church can do anymore. You are thinking about kingdom. You are thinking about nations. So that's why it goes to Matthew 28, make disciples of all nations. And all of a sudden, the assignment is so much bigger. It's like, it's like I just cannot compute. But this is what we have to do. We start with sell, then we start to contribute in our tribe, in our church, in our ecclesia. But the third and final step, we had to begin to express kingdom. So that's why many of our assignments, and some people are wondering, you know why? Why we pray so hard for, for the Sarawak election and things like that? It's exactly that because it is linked with kingdom expression. See, we are not being political, even though some of us are going to be in the political arena. So, so we are not being worldly, we are not being secular, even though some of you are going into the media, some of you are going into the entertainment. But all those are part of kingdom expression. Very different. So this is something we have to understand, okay? Okay, I want to talk a little bit about tribe and just to, to do a teaching on this. 
I realized every season, every now and then, we need a reminder again. What is a tribe? And what is a tribe? And Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, but now God has placed the members. This is not talking about church membership, okay? This is talking about the membership in the body of Christ. It's a spiritual membership. It's a membership that no bishop or archbishop can sign or pope can sign. So it is something that is predestined and each one of them in the body just as he desire, just as he placed. So place, the, the Greek word to set, to put, to establish, to ordain. So ordain, you know that the whole meaning, the, the ordination has the idea of holiness. You're being set apart. Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock, I will build Oikos, my church, Ecclesia. So when you look at all these verses, it is very clear that we all have a place, our specific place is determined by Jesus himself. So think about this, that we have so much discussion about, oh, you know, where, what church should we be going? You know, I remember when I come back to Australia, we even have an orientation to help people to come back to the country. They'll be like, oh, you know, here... I mean, now I think about it, it's really crap, okay? Um, because we are like teaching people, oh, how do you find the church that is suitable to you? Do you like to stand up and worship? Or are you going to worship quietly? Then you should go here, go here, go here. It's like so much presumption, right? We, we are making choices based on our emotion and desire. But the Bible says that Jesus is going to place. He will determine your place. So you see, if we have that understanding, all of a sudden we, we are not so caught up about getting in the right church. We have to be in the right place, in the right setting, in the right tribe. Then we can fully express. So another thing that is very important, I said this already this morning, but I want to say that again. That means you are not supposed to connect with everyone, but you are supposed to connect with some. And, and this is something I find a lot of people cannot really comprehend, even in the body of Christ. By the way, do you know especially in, in, in an old season church, what is the greatest problem? The greatest problem is gossip. The greatest problem is people have no clear boundary. So it's like my neighbour who planted the, the curry leaves, no boundary, because she, because she thought she can use my land. So it has been chopped off by lunch here. Okay? So, so, so that's the thing. When we don't respect the boundary, it will come back and bite us. It will come back and bite us. So anyway, we don't want to talk too much about this other than we have to understand there is a unit, there is a special place for you. That you will know it when you see it. Well, you will know when you, you experience it. And, and by the way, no point going to a place you know is not your place. We have seen so many times and even in the early years we started and we have some of the young people they, they start to go to different countries and say, oh, what do I do? What do I do? You know, I, I need to have fellowship. I need to have some connection. And you know, really, my, our advice at that time is if you cannot find the right tribe, better don't join the wrong tribe. And it's very hard to, to process this, and that's why it's a very personal choice. But I want us all to know today that if we truly ask God, He will show us where we can go. By the way, a few years ago, uh, I was surprised, but not really surprised also, to find out that in Subanjaya alone, there's more than 1,000 churches. Because it's like, when people don't like it, they just come out and form a church. <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. But we need to find those relationships that you know God has placed in your life. 
So Paul had a Barnabas and he helped him to move into his destiny. Very interesting. He, he is not a member of a mega church or anything like that, but he had the right connection. Okay, this verse, we talked about it earlier on, even look at four different translations, but let me just do it again because some of you may not, may not have seen the earlier teaching. Acts 17, 26, that the classic verse on sphere and boundary, having determined their appointed times and boundaries of their habitations. Now, very interesting that this Acts 17, 26 is what they call the Sermon of Mars Hill, okay? So Mars Hill was in Athens, and Apostle Paul was talking to very, very intellectual people. Very, you know, the Greek philosopher, you can't get more Greek than them, okay? He's speaking to the Greek. And he was like, you know, you all say about, because Greek is very famous for their duology mindset. That means they believe the body and the spirit are separated. That's why the Greek was one of the biggest, when I say sinner, they, they really do whatever they, they want to do. And the Romans learned from them and did it even more. Because they really believe, so you look at the history of the Roman Empire, they did some of the worst things in history. Because they felt like, my body can be destroyed, but my spirit will still live. So, so they have this kind of duology. And here is Apostle Paul trying to tell them, no, everything, God sets a limit. But if you go outside the limit, and that's why in Romans 1 later on, he talked about homosexual, he talked about people going, all the things. So today, what's happening, we're, we're seeing that the transgender movement that is wrecking even the body of Christ. That if we don't understand the limitation placed by God and we go outside that, it's a lot. Lord should have known that he, he shouldn't be believing in, in Sodom. But he was like just rationalizing. So eventually, it was too late. His whole family died. The, the family line was destroyed by incest. So that's the thing. We have to understand the limitation. So it is God who determines our seasons, time. It is God who determines the sphere and the limit of our calling, boundaries. So that's why we have to look at sphere in terms of limit. What is God saying? You see, one of the ways to, you know, we use a concept um, to, to say that, you know, we can, we can move closer to our destiny. It's a process of elimination. When you come to the body of Christ, it's like, hey, so many things to, to try. And you can say, oh, I want to try piano. I want to try keyboard. I want to try singing. And after a while, it's like, oh, go out of tune all the time. Okay, so like cross, cross out, cross out. So it's like you try many things, but by the process of elimination, all of a sudden you get to your ultimate gift. And, and Apostle Peter Wagner called this process convergence. So it takes years and years, but eventually you should know what you're good at. And you know, I, I know I can't plant anything, so I'm not going to try to be a gardener. So if I need to do that, I, I have to get someone to partner with me, someone who truly understands plants. So that's the thing. So now, the Bible did, did say about we have to be all things to all people. Remember, Apostle Paul was telling that to Timothy when he asked him to, to circumcise. But in relation to our personal destiny, we must understand there is a limit. There is a boundary. There are things that we're not supposed to do. We cannot do everything. We cannot satisfy everyone. So very important. So one of the most powerful words that you're going to say in this season is the word no. No, not in a way of disobedience to the will of God. No, in the sense you are saying no to things outside your sphere. Okay? So we must only do what we have been called to do. So that's why, in fact, this is what I call a process of dying to self because it's like less of me and more of God. 
And all of a sudden, we were going through the place that we're supposed to go. Okay. Now let's talk about uh, some essential elements of a tribe. Um, so once we know uh, our callings and the process will begin, we want to find a tribe, which uh, the purpose. So, so one of the things that maybe in the coming weeks, we'll talk about uh, the DNA of, of the Apostolic Center because some, some people, we need a refresher uh, and maybe some of you have not heard about it. Just a general value, you know, how the tribe was formed. By the way, do you know that for, for us, RTRC Apostolic Center, it was set up pursuant to a prophetic word. So it is the, the word of law. And, and just coming back to my mind now, you know, the Lord has been talking about different streams, you know. Streams, you know, when you, when you think about streams, right, and Sarawak has this kind of example, different streams, they are all different speed and different location, but at some point, they all merge to become a might, the mighty region going all the way to South China Sea. So that's the kind of thing that I'm thinking about the anointing and the gifting. The Lord uses so many different people. And we look around, we're like, oh, you know, can't really imagine why we're all here together. But other than, it's a different stream which the Lord will put together. So we have to find a place where our purpose matches our personal destiny. It has to be. That's why if we are in a place for the sake of fellowship, Oh, I enjoy the facility. There is childcare there. It's very near my house. I mean, when you hear about how people choose church based on convenience, it's just we are missing the point. We are not doing what we're supposed to do. So I already mentioned why we use the word tribe because uh, you know, if we call meeting, you know, we say, oh, come to join our meeting. We have a 2 p.m. meeting. Then you're like, you see, give the idea that it's fellowship, fellowship. Now, by the way, we have great fellowship. But that's not our purpose, right? Our purpose is something else. You see, many gatherings focus on comfort, personal benefit. Nothing wrong with that. Remember when we first started off our journey, we are like personal level, personal level, but eventually we go to tribe. But this is the era, I believe, the Lord wants everyone to step into kingdom expression. No matter how young you are, even children. I really felt like children has a kingdom dimension that we have not yet explored. Because... I mean, we always talk about no junior Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is not lesser. So they have their sphere, they have their gardens, and somehow the Lord will cause them to prosper. But when you think about the word tribe, and tribe really, you, you think about tribal life, they focus a lot on corporate benefit. So one of the examples I, I heard, really the Red Indian in America. Now even Red Indian, we use a generic term, but there are actually many, many nations, hundreds of them, they are all different, they are not the same. And just like here, we have our local, right? And some people will just say, oh, you are the local indigenous. But actually, there are many, many types. You know, we have the Iban, Bidayu, we have the, the Orang Ulu, all, all different. So, so one of the things about tribe is they, they think about overall movement. So the Red Indian has a very interesting story. Let's say there's a big tree and they want to cut it down. And they will have a meeting and they will say, so everyone who has a voice will come out and say, should we cut it, should we not cut it? And they will have to consider if we cut the tree, how does it affect our next two or three generations? That's a very tribal mindset. But somehow we have moved into a very individualistic mindset. Hey, this is my tree. I want to cut. That's my business. So, so, so we, we, have, we have moved into that kind of thing. So one of the things about tribe training is that First, we focus on the personal destiny. But at some point, your personal destiny can only be fully expressed in a corporate setting. So that is one of the purpose of the training. Because you join a tribe, because 
Those people who join the tribe, it is because their personal level blessing, they are already satisfied. They already have all the prayer points answered for personal, but they yearn for something more. That's why you have a tribe expression. So they start to, oh, then all of a sudden they did very well in the tribe. Then what's next? They have a yearning for kingdom expression. That's why the three stages. So today I believe the Lord wants to upgrade us very quickly to tribe and kingdom. So when we join a tribe, what do we want to do? We want to contribute to the family. By the way, when you think about the word tribe and family, you know who, uh, who kind of uh, fits into this explanation very well? The mafia. The mafia. So, so yeah, I know a while ago, there was a, you know, there's a well-known Korean show, Vizenzo, right? A lot of us are watching. And it's like, so he kind of, the, the main character, Vizenzo, really is like, he represents his loyalty to the family. And now, I, I think we, we don't mind spoiling the story a little bit. Right? So towards the end, remember, and people are like, oh, will he change? Will he come with the girl? But in the end, he showed his true color. He's going to be loyal to the tribe no matter what. Right? I think that's the moral of the lesson to me. I, I'm not disappointed with the ending. I know some people are like, uh, 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 very sad. <laughs> Excuse me, Vincenzo is a comedy. It's, okay? it's not a rom romantic story, okay? <laughs> so in the end, he, he, he understood what it means to be a tribe. So, so for the mafia, for the gangster, by the way, one, one of the things I, I was just, when I was researching general S pattern, right, they were, before he was removed, they were doing a campaign in Italy. So the campaign to Italy, you know, you know the map of Italy, right? The Southern Island, you know the Southern Island? The Mafia Island, Sicily. They had to start from there. So they were like, how to fight there? So they, and at that time, a lot of Italians from there already migrated to New York. And some of them, so one, one guy is, I can't remember, I think his name is Lucky something. And he was in prison. And he was a Mafia head. So somehow the military talked to him and say we can have some mutual arrangement. If you can arrange certain things in your hometown, then maybe we can let you out. So anyway, when, when American troops landed there in a gangster island, they were all coming out and welcome, come, oh, it's like a party like that. Then, then the German update is like, what's happening? They, they realized that they had been betrayed. Because, oh, lucky Luciano. So, so the guy did an arrangement. So eventually he say, I, I did my part, you free me. So they let him go. And he, be, he go back and become the head gangster there. So that's the thing. You know, they have a way of loyalty to the family. They have a way of, you know, by the way, the, the mafia's word are as good as contract. You know that? If they say they'll do it, they'll do it. So if you betray the mafia, then you can expect to be killed. So they have this loyalty to family, but at the same time, they also want to advance personally. So that's why it's not an either or. We want the tribe to grow, but at the same time, our personal destiny must advance also. So that's really what we're supposed to do in the tribe. So the next part I want to talk about this very quickly is that we have to understand the times ahead. And I'm just so surprised that, you know, we, we did this 2018, 2019, and, and some of the things that we, we said at that time really is already happening right now. So we just celebrated starting the year off right, right? And now if you have not seen those teachings, you know, it will be available on YouTube very soon. But one of the, in terms of prophetic timing, we are entering into year three of the decade of war, the decade of uh, Passover. And this is a very instructive 
scripture at this time. Jesus said himself, Matthew 11, uh, verses 11 to 12, Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Talking about John the Baptist. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violent men take it by force. So a lot of people always wonder, you know, what does it really mean? But one of the elements is this, the kingdom of God will be resisted by the enemy through violence. So, so there's a thing that they, the, the enemy will come and just basically cause fear, wreck our life and things like that. And the only way we can fight back is that we have to be willing to engage spiritual warfare. We have to be able to say, we are not allowing devil to do what he, he's doing so that we can take back the kingdom. So that's really the, the one-line summary of what the, the TAS is all about. And we have to understand that it's going to be a fight till the end. So, so that's really the, the kind of mindset. And I remember earlier today, you know, someone prophesied about some people fear of getting wounded. Now, I, I would say this, that nobody can guarantee that, that everyone will be safe. Nobody can do that. I mean, life is like that, right? It's like even you, you have children, go to school and things like that. You can't guarantee they will be 100% safe all the time. There's just no way to do it. And even you say the children cannot leave the house at all, there's no guarantee. And, and so many people, you know, I, I've seen some people be like, oh, you know, I have not left my house for one year. How come I can still get COVID? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's no guarantee we live in a world that is fallen and to hide our way is not the way. It, it, the way is to resist. And that's why spiritual warfare has to be our anthem for this decade. So let's talk about a, a book Chuck Pierce wrote. In the future war of the church, he prophesied that around 2016 and 17, lawlessness will become prevalent in the world. So when we look in the natural 2016-17, re really the era of Brexit, the era of Donald Trump, that causes the entire media mountain to be so crazy. So we are seeing the lawlessness that sort of extended all the way to the pandemic. Now, by the way, a lot of people say, oh, the lawlessness begins in 2020. No, it began five years before. It began 10 years ago. They have been planning, but they're just waiting for the event for them to fully express themselves. So we are living in such a time as this. See, the enemy will try to instill fear into the people of God and cause them not to advance. By the way, all these things we wrote in 2018, you know, it's like fully coming out now. The primary goal is to cause, now let's talk about our own people. Because the believer, we are not the same, right? We, we don't use the sta same standard as those outside. Because those who are not, who doesn't have faith, who doesn't have hope, they are fearful, is normal. But what surprised me and what disgusts me is that the believers themselves are so full of fear. That's really not right. Because this is the goal of the enemy, to cause the people of God to abandon spiritual warfare. Say, okay, surrender, surrender. In fact, embracing anti-war stance. And so just look at the effects of COVID and Red Dragon. It's trying to say, just lie down, just don't resist, and just accept this is the way it is. I mean, that's what has been happening in the last two years, right? They will submit to an authoritarian force. I mean, we used that word even in 2018. They will shut down the freedom of religion. And those of you, you know my personal passion for this land is I want to see freedom of religion because that is the way I believe will cause our land to be a, a, a ship nation. And then I want to close the door to the expansion of kingdom in days ahead. So, so many people, especially those in the mission field, and they're very discouraged by what's happening now. A lot of missionaries cannot stay in, in China now. They cannot stay in their traditional mission field because the government becomes authoritarian. 
just kind of, you know, look at Afghanistan, so many Christian ministries just disperse and destroy overnight. So people are losing hope. And that's why it's very interesting, you know, some of the prophets earlier on, you know, say, you know, we're going into these kind of hard places. By the way, do you know that what is the hallmark of an apostolic ministry? I mean, we talk about the signs and wonders, authority, but one of the hallmarks is persecution. That if you do this, uh, people will hate you, but at the same time, you will still prosper. So that's the kind of tension that we're in. That will be kind of, we will be advancing, but at the same time, the enemy will try to kill you as much as possible. So very much, to me, it feels like the world of matrix, right? So it's like, you, you have that kind of power to shape the world, but the enemy is so fearful and wants to kill. But anyway, let's come back. So, what happened? And if the enemy has done enough to cause fear, then it will cause people to say, I give up, I give up, I don't want to fight. So if we are not willing to fight, a few things can happen. Now here's an error in thinking. That people feel like if I don't engage in spiritual warfare, the enemy will leave me alone. So that's what happened in World War I, World War II, you know. Some, some nations surrender and they were like, oh, we don't want to fight you anymore. Then the soldier come in, what happened? They still kill them. They still do many, many bad things because when you don't resist, it's even easier to walk over them. So if we don't fight, a few things can happen. Eventually, the enemy will still get you. And all the things you thought you can protect, you still couldn't protect. So there's no... You see, we can't negotiate with the devil because the devil has already... Now, by the way, one of the things about the devil we have to really, really understand, he has seen the future. He knows his fate. He accepted his fate. But the only thing is, he, doesn't want, he wants more people to follow him. So that's why he's not, you can't reason with him. You can't negotiate with him. You, just, just like you can't negotiate with someone who already determined that they are, not, they are going to die. You just cannot talk sense. So if this happens, eventually the enemy will do. So we talk about the freedom. Whatever freedom we already have may be further diminished and reduced. So two types of freedom we always talk about and I think we have to understand in context of our land. Freedom of worship. Now, freedom of worship is not the same as freedom of religion. Basically, it's like this. You can do whatever you want in the house of worship. Let's say we have rented this place, we bought a building. So before COVID, it's like whatever the church wants to do inside, it's fine, right? But do you, do you realize that this is already eroding? And they're saying that you can't have... So some of you are like, oh, very fearful to come to our meeting. Now, I would say this, that if you come here, you know, you feel like you, you need to do certain SOP, you want to sanitize, you want to use, it's okay, it's okay. The, your conscience, but, but we, we, we don't require that here because, you know, we want some common sense to, to operate here also. But this is already eroding in the name of infectious disease, SOP, etc., etc. So even freedom of worship, for the longest time, the body of Christ will be like, oh, it's okay, like, we don't need to go out to the marketplace as long as we can do it in the church. Now you can't even do it in the church, right? Then freedom of religion. By the way, do you know that our constitution says there's freedom of religion? So what does it mean? That means your faith. You should have the freedom to express your faith in all parts of society. So, so for example, those of us from, from Sarawak, from, from Sabah, you, you know, the, the, they don't have so much Islamic control. You know, in some of the schools, they still have religious period. 
So I remember Apostle Michelle and I used to do some session in the Methodist school. You know, we can come and talk about Christian things. It's okay, but here, you, you think about the government school here, it's just no way you can do that. No way you can do that. And, and even a, a few years ago, do you all still remember there was there were some fire, there was some uh, Molokov cocktail troll at the church. And in fact, there was one NGO incident in uh, UMC. A few people were arrested because they say that it was a Christian event. Some Muslim were there. So that's the thing that people, of course, try to use all kind of tactic, all kind of legal structure. But basically, we have no freedom to express our faith. For that reason, we have to be smart and not to put a bull's eyes over your head. So, so you know, you, you still pray for people, you still ask for the word of wisdom, you still cause people to, to see that there's something different about you, but do not reveal things unless you need to reveal things. Because there is a strength in, in, in the... I won't say it's hidden. Like, it's more like a um, cloak, you know, cloak, C-L-O-A-K. The cloak. It's like you, it's like an invisible, invisibility kind of mode. So that people can't see you. And, and, and that's the thing with Jesus. Do you realize that Jesus was very covert? He was. And, and people say, Wow, so great. I'm going to tell everyone. Hey, shh, don't say that. He said that a few times, you know? Don't say that. And he's like, actually, I used to wonder why don't say that. Then it is all about the timing. It's all about the manifestation. So freedom of religion even though the constitution says that it's been restricted for a long time. And, and, and that is one of the reasons I, I feel that, you know, people are questioning the, the whole Malaysia project and things like that. And, and rightfully so, because what we are experiencing is not the deal that people bought into. So, so the, the whole discussions on religions, or on shifting the land, I, I think it's going to be very, very interesting in days ahead. And, and the next generation, you're going to have a great say in that because since May 13, that the nation has been in this sort of religious, uh, political um, cycle. We just can't seem to get out from this cycle. Okay, that's another topic for another day. Okay, so with all this, what are we trying to say here? See, there is a gifting. There is an anointing. I really like this word, express. It's like, you, you want something, you want the essence, you have to express out. So these days, you know, people say you want the nice fruit juice, you have to slow juice, slow expression. So, so that you don't destroy the fiber. Express, you know, you, some of you, you know, I, I'm a home barista. You want the, the strong coffee that is not bitter, it's not like burnt, you have to use espresso technique. Espresso technique is like the, the pressure and the water, so it come out just very, very concentrated. So it's like the extraction squeeze out, maximize. And my father used to ask me, oh, because you know the local coffee, right? They put a sieve there, they put a coffee, they add water, and then half an hour later, add some more water. So he say, espresso bean, why can't you do it another time? I said, you try. So you try. Ah. <laughs> why? Because... The process of expression, if you have done it right, all the flavor will be out already. It's a very efficient, effective way. Everything is out already. There's nothing more. So that's why Apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy that all I have, my entire life is poured out like water. So that's really the, the goal here, that whatever you have. You, you see, all of us who have a relationship with Jesus, we're going to heaven. 
There's no question on that. The question is, how much of your destiny has been maximized? So, so that's the question. Personal and corporate advancement comes hand in hand. So with these trainings, what we hope to achieve is really to create a momentum for advancement. You see, training is not magic. Okay, let me say that again. Training is not magic. So many people think, you, you see, the church has been in the program mode for a long time. You know what's program mode? They're looking for the next program. Next program. But let me just tell you, program doesn't shift a person. Program and the things we do, we only create a momentum and hopefully people will make a decision for them. So hopefully with all this training, we create momentum, it will lead to the process. We need people to be revived first. That's why revival is very important. Uh, and we talk about, uh, I was just talking to the intercessor and, and to Lyra and say, we, we really need to look at what's happening, what happens in Barrio and what are the revival well that the Lord wants us to extract out in a prophetic way. Because the only way to, to do this kind of teaching and impartation is the prophetic way. And we're not looking at the past, but we're saying, Lord, what are you saying right now that will cause us as nations to move together? So that's very important. So we need people to be revived, and then we start to have reformation. John Wesley, for example, is a reformation. He's not interested in just the, the, the small meeting, even though he, you know, he, he was considered as the founder of modern uh, small group. But what Wesley did with the holiness movement was to shift the entire nation of England from the most immoral to become, you know, to go into the Victorian era. You know the Victorian era? The ladies, the button is until here, until here one. Cannot even breathe one. And it's like, so from lawlessness, you know, before Wesley, what, what they do? If a man and women want to have sex, they just do it in a fountain. All the way to Victorian. So that's reformation. Entire fabric of society shift. But we can't have that until we look at the revival, the seeds, the things that God is planting in our seeds. And ultimately, with these two things, we can begin to disciple nation. So at the end of the day, the primary objective of the Ecclesia, to cause nations to be shaped. And that's why for us here, so many nations around us, we all have our role. Can we cause them to be shaped? They will become the inheritance of Jesus. Okay, I'm coming to an end already, okay? So let's just look at the progression of kingdom advancement and you have all seen this before. You know, we talk about the first step is shifting and, and that's really listening, that's really letting the, the Word of God. And sometimes people can hear a message but they couldn't process it because of, of certain uh, paradigm, because of certain mindset, especially those of us in denominational structure. So shifting includes deliverance, healings. Now, I know in the past we have done so much corporate training, but this is a year I, I feel like we're going to get more deliverance, more prophetic activations, even in a small group setting, in a micro church setting, because we can't continue to do that kind of training over and over again in the new decade. We have to kind of move to the more advanced level. So I, I really see in days to come, there will be so many micro church. In fact, I, I really believe we will even have evangelistic micro church. That is really, really... The gift of evangelism is so important. Um, you know, this, you know, in the past, the gift of evangelism focused on individual soul, but we'll start to have evangelists can shift entire nation. We look at Philip, for example. Philip, uh, Philip was an evangelist, and he, he really caused the entire region. I mean, look at Mary. Mary Magdalene was an evangelist also, and, and she caused the whole Samaria to sort of shift it. And she can't stop telling people. So in fact, most people believe that Mary Magdalene eventually became an apostle. 
So shifting, very important. Start with that. Then, of course, the gifts needs to be activated, needs to be expressed. So you are like espresso beans that need to go through. So you need to find a master barista that can produce nice coffee drink. Express out. So you want to learn about espresso, come and talk to me, okay? Um, so, so it's the same. You want to learn about spiritual gifts. This is the right place. I tell you, nobody does activation more than us. And it's very important. And it's not activation. If we identify you have a great gift outside, we want you to be outside. We don't want you to be here. We want you to do damage to the kingdom of God outside. So after we accept the Lordship of Christ, you know, we, have, we, we, we start to develop our personal altar. That's why the relationship with the Bible reading program, uh, you know, just to encourage people having that kind of relationship. By the way, I think this is the beginning of the year, right? This is only what? Day nine. So this is the perfect time to start your Bible reading plan. Because a lot of people is like, oh, it's May already. It's June already. Uh, I start next year. So now you have no excuse. You should do it and talk to Joyce, you know, about what is our offer. We have reward for people who complete the whole thing. Last year, so many people got it right. I, I was amazed. I was amazed. And I remember one time, Chuck Pierce said, one time, the Lord caused him to read the Bible over two times in one year. It's like, wow. So, so that is the thing that we allow the Word of God. Then the activation can happen. So once there's a shifting, there's an activation, then what happens? There's an alignment, and, and this is the part we've been talking about. You need to find your unique tribe. You need to find people that is going to be willing to go to war with you. You see, some friends are the hee ha hee ha fellowship friends. So it's like, hey, hey, yo, bro, want to come to Mama? Let's watch, I don't know, EFL, Premier League, Manchester United. Oh, Manchester United not doing very well now. So anyway, so it's like, Whatever is the, the, the club, by the way, here we have a lot of Liverpool supporters. Um, yeah, Liverpool supporters are the scariest one. But anyway, so, so it's like, you, you want to have that kind of, now when I say scary, they, they are like a bit fanatic, okay? <laughs> so it's good, you know, in, in a way, people will call us fanatic because we are so committed to the kingdom of God. So, so that's one of the things, that you are committed and, and it's like, we're not ashamed of the gospel, right? We're not ashamed of the gospel. That's what Apostle Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is freedom, for it is pathway to liberty. He said that. So we need to find the right person that will war with you when you are in trouble. They will pray for you. They will talk with you. They will support you. Um, which reminds me of, of the story. Some of you, if you watched Joe Z recently, you, you know one of their prophet Keith, right? Keith, he had a major flood issue. I mean, when I look at his story, like, oh, our, our, foundation, our leaking problem is not so bad, okay? So his whole house got flooded and then the contractor came. So, so his mother, late mother, used to stay with him for a long time. So some of the things that belonged to her was destroyed because he had such a soul tie. You know, sometimes we cannot move on because we have an attachment to the past. So he was a very sad, very emotional and he called Chuck. Chuck was his brother and basically I like, crying and complaining. And basically, Chad say, get over it. Get over it. It's not like he doesn't care for his brother. He, he did. But he, he knew that to kind of pander and just say, oh, it's okay to feel sad. It's not going to help him. So one of the things about the tribe is like this, that when we're in those kind of situations, we don't want people to agree with the wrong destiny. So when people say, oh, it's so tough. I think I'm going to quit my course. They are, yeah, 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 you should quit, you should quit. I mean, they're friends like that. 
They are not your friends. They are not your true friends. So the tribe, so everything, I mean everything, from cause, even from courtship, you know. I mean here we have so many interests in courtship. We are like very active. But there comes a time and there are people who can see and say, look, I don't think this is the right path for you. And it's up to you. I mean, even for job, even for movement, you know, people used to haircut or... Okay, they have their own internal story, okay? So, so all the things that major decisions and sometimes we... That's why God plays authority over us. And, and, and that's why we have parents now. Even unbeliever parents have a measure of authority, but it's not the same. Okay, and many decisions in life we have to make on our own. But a true tribe support will tell you things that sometimes you don't want to hear. But over a period of time, it is the right thing. Finally, 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 if you do all these things, we can move into revival and reformations and we start to have microchurch. Now, by the way, microchurch can also be in all the first three parts. Kingdom manifestation, discipling of the world to the ends of the world. And and really, sometimes you hear about what God is doing and you're like, oh, can, can it really happen? So if you have that kind of mindset when you receive a prophetic word, so just now, you know, some of you gave prophetic words to me and that's really my thinking, you know, can, can it really happen? And I, I think a prophetic words has to be large enough that it really challenge your, your natural ability to think. I mean, if I hear this, I say, oh, no sweat, no sweat, no sweat. It's like... But when you are really, really sweating, then you know that without God, you can't do it. Okay, so we're done already. Let me just show you the dates for upcoming. Um, so once again, our apologies for such a sudden announcement. And because, oh, sudden, it's first floor already. We're already one week late. But the next one, uh, 23rd of January, we have two sessions. Actually, some of the topics, I look at it, I'm like, really interested to hear what the teachers have to teach, Okay. February, we have one time because I think Chinese Union and things like that. Uh, March, we'll have two. Now, every first fruit we'll have and then another one is additional ones. And so we want to do all these things before Passover. So some of the practical things after this, we will start to have city-level prayer ward. So I think Apostle Michel is going to, to plan how to do it, how to mobilize the cities. And we also have specific objective prayer assignments like the one we did, uh, the topical things. Um, you know, with, with um, the judiciary, with, with, uh, with, with uh, uh, Meta team. But I really feel like, you know, especially for the cities in, in Sarawat, and, and this is something Apostle Michel will begin to look into. You know, I, the, the revival in Barrio, that, that's really, really important. We, we need to see what happens and what is God's um, well of revival that will help us to move forward. Then in all this, what we do? We begin the binding, the strongman over all the different regions. Alright, so that's it for today. And uh, it's a short one as I promised. So do lock in the dates and do sign up. And if you feel like, you know, people who may not be part of our tribe but can benefit from this teaching, more than welcome to invite them. Okay? Alright, that's it for now. So we'll see you soon. Bye.